Well, here we are. This would be podcast number two after doing some uh, going backs over the previous ones where I said it was the number one podcast in the previous one and then ending it saying that was the second podcast. But this, Garfield, my dude, is definitely podcast number two. Madigan, this is podcast number two, because technically we did like a half podcast, but what was not a podcast? It was just a, a pod that we cast, but I wouldn't call it a podcast. No. So this is podcast number two, officially. Number two, it is. Uh, last one, you know, felt really good doing it. Really, really enjoyed it. Starting to get into the swing of things, I'm thinking. Yeah, it was a nice little first effort out. You know, these things take a little bit of time to found our feet again we haven't done this together in 12 years so it's been a while if you weren't aware of us beforehand um madigan and i used to do a podcast together around 12 years ago God, 12 years just saying that no, out loud now scares me that makes Jesus. me very very oh i don't know upset yeah me got old anyway <laughs> so yeah we used to podcast together about 12 years ago we had quite the little following back in the day but we are hoping to grow a following with you lovely listeners now. Yeah, so thanks very much for um, for joining us. Um, uh, if you are already subscribed, thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Look at that, we, uh, we nearly doubled our subscribers in our last podcast, so I'm very, very grateful for all of those who did come along and podcast. Thank you very much, yes. And look at me, I'm already uh, into the YouTube analytics, and I did figure out that half of our views of all of our videos were from people who were unsubscribed. So if you are returning, uh, please, please. We would love it. Love it if you gave us your subscription. Yeah, dive on in. You know, we won't bite hard or whatever. No, it's fine. You brought up. We'll only bite during satire. Biting satire. That's what I should have gone with. Plan these things ahead, Garfield. Exactly. Carry on. Now, there's a lot to get to in this podcast. We'll be speaking about Joe Biden, uh, Borat, Mr. Bean, as well as The Rock has a new show or something like that, which I didn't realize was happening. Uh, but we're going to watch the trailer together for the first time. So that'll be fun. Yeah. And um, believe it or not, gentlemen that are listening, you don't know this, but your penis could be uh, uh, locked up against your will. Mm, ransomed against your will. <laughs> hacked, if you will. <laughs> and then you've got to pay for its safe return to you. But we will talk about that a little bit later in the show. And the comedy duo of Dumb Lemon and Fredo Cuomo are <laughs> at it again. So, please, let's get into it. Alrighty, so what the uh, first topic that I wanted to bring up with you, and um, I'm, I'm going to sort of get things running really, really fast here. Uh, Joe Biden is a white supremacist. What? Yep. I, okay, please tell me more, Mr. Person that's running this story. Well, here's the thing. I have brought receipts, so let's just uh, run over to Mr. Joe Biden's official Twitter account uh, okay. that he you know, runs. Before we, before we start playing this, by the way, I'd just mm -hmm. like to get something out of the way. When we talk about the president-elect, are we going to call him Beijing Biden? Are we going to call him Demented Joe? <laughs> Do we have a name for him yet that we really like? Or is he just going to be Joe Biden? Yeah, see, Demented Joe, you know, really piqued my interest there. But I think Beijing Biden is, you know, a pretty apt description of of the Demented one. <laughs> of his demented Lord Highness. Yes, well, let's play the clip and show me what you mean by him being a white supremacist. Mm, okay. Oh, I'll explain everything as uh, Joe uh, prattles his way through oh, this. I'm sure it's going to be very, very eloquent from Joe, so please prattle on. And please, yell stop anytime you want to make a point. 
Oh, God. Our okay. focus will be on small businesses on Main Street that aren't wealthy and well-connected, that are facing real economic hardships through no fault of their own. Okay, you know what? So far, Joe, well done. I'm oh, no, glad I, that I you're like doing the it. message, but I call shenanigans. <laughs> like, you can't just lock down the economy and then come back and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on the little people while killing off all the little people. It doesn't work like that, Joe. That's not how economies work. Anyway, I'm already getting riled up. Please continue. <laughs> Our priority will be black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses, women-owned businesses. Um, okay. notice a demographic that might have been left out there. Seems like white males, right? Will not be any kind of focus in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So let, I'm, now I'm going to jump back to the beginning, and let's remember that there's okay. now a demographic that's been left out. Mm -hmm. okay. Our focus will be on small businesses on Main Street that aren't wealthy and well connected. That aren't wealthy, that aren't wealthy, mm -hmm. and well connected. Okay. So Joe is basically saying that unless uh, you're white, then you're not wealthy or well-connected. <laughs> I, I think what he's trying to say here is that he's for Jenny of the block. You know, like, don't be fooled by the rocks that she's got. She's still, <laughs> she's still Jenny from the block. They're the people that he wants to help out. Okay. The small business owners that are only Latino, black, uh, what were the other ones? I can't remember. All Asian. Women. Asian and women. or women. And or women. They're facing real economic hardships through no fault of their own. Except for True. the color of their skin. Our priority will be black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses, women-owned businesses. And finally, having equal access to resources needed to reopen and rebuild. But we're going to make a concerted effort to help small businesses in low-income communities. Mm. In big cities, small towns, Low-income communities, by the way, are all those uh, demographics that he just mentioned. Uh, unless, if you're white, though, you're not of a low-income demographic, even well, though that the uh, the whites don't sit at the top of the uh, family income bracket. It happen. It just so happens to be Asian Americans, and good on mm. them. They work very hard. Hang on. So I'm just a little bit confused. If we could back up for a moment, sure. So is he saying? In this weird, I don't know what you'd call it, his own way of speech, that uh, anyone other than white males did not have access to any kind of financial backing before he came in. Is that the gist of what he's saying? I think in his roundabout, dimension-riddled garble, correct. Yeah. Okay. I mean... That's patently wrong, but please continue, Joe. I mean, can't wait for four years of this. That have faced systemic barriers to relief. Ugh. Think of the mom and pop owner with a I couple do. of employees who can't pick up the phone and call a banker who doesn't have a lawyer, an accountant, to help them through this complicated process. What? To know if they're even qualified or who what? simply didn't know where where this relief was available in the first place. Because you are dumb people of colour. Only white people know this, those answers. We went through this, Don, when we were trying to bring, when we brought D Detroit back off its knees. Hang on, can you just play that again? Because <laughs> all that sounded like to me was... <laughs> or who simply didn't know where, where this relief was available in the first place. We went through this, Don, when we were trying to bring 
when we brought the Detroit back office. <laughs> uh, continue. I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't understand. As we saw in this point. morning's job report, restaurants, bars, and hospitality industry have been slammed by no, this virus. What do you think We're that is, Joe? We're going to those businesses and others. Yeah, I like mean, he, he is aware, right, that there's a there's a corality here between locking down your entire economy and not letting people go out anywhere, and small businesses who you know help the economy and who rely on people going out everywhere being destroyed. There's a direct correlation there, Joe. You freaking moron. What are you talking about? It's got nothing to do with their ethnicity or their sex. If you're a business owner. Good for you if you're a Native American, but it doesn't matter if you're going to shut down an economy. You can't survive anyway. Jesus! What's wrong with these people? Have you noticed as well? I mean, just, you know, this is all still in line with what we're talking about right now. Uh, mm. But a lot of um, uh, the other Cuomo that runs New York, uh, not Chris, what's the what's yeah. the, the other Cuomo, whatever his name is, he's not now... He's now for all uh, opening up the economy. And so is Laurie Lightfoot of Chicago, the most staunchest <laughs> really? lockdown uh, advocate. Suddenly, hmm, hmm, what's happened in the last couple of days? Hmm. I can't think. What's changed in what's America changed? that would mean that we went from having to close everything to opening things? I, I can't uh, think of a single thing that could have happened. That's weird. Yes. Anyway, Joe, hmm. that wrap it up. so badly hit, hit the hardest. We owe them that support. To help them get through the other side of this crisis. Yeah, good on you, Joe. Our focus. Will- oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> God, I can't stand. Yeah, him. the support would have been nice if you know just didn't shut down their businesses. That would have been lovely. I mean, I would have said that would have been good support. Just throwing it out there for everyone. But it, I, I just love the fact that he basically pointed out nearly every single demographic, other than a straight white male. I'm sure if he could throw in their sexuality, he probably would have as well. But they probably sure. said, you know, when they were typing up the speech, you know, these are too many words for Joe. You know, this, this, <laughs> that will blow his lid if we try too many words. Well, he... if they made him say LGBTQ, he'd be like, you know, the, the one with the L and the, and the, the, the Q and, and the, other, the other letters in there. And, oh, it'd be a nightmare. So here's the thing. This, this administration, that's still on his Twitter account. It's up there for everyone to see. They are quite proud of their racial discrimination, number one, and their sexual discrimination. They're just happy to have flaunted in front of you. And no one has said anything except, you know, except for the, uh, the right-wing conspiracy theorist media. But, okay, here's what I don't understand about this, right? When I was growing up, and I'm assuming a lot of people when they were growing up, one of the things that you heard was, don't judge a book by its cover. Mm. That's a good moral lesson for anyone to learn, right? You don't have to judge someone by their cover, by the color of their skin, by their orientation of any way, shape or form, by their gender. You don't have to judge anyone that way. Judge them on their character. Judge them for what's on the inside. Correct. Whereas that speech is literally, I'm going to judge everyone by the book that's on their cover and everyone else can get nicked. Are we done? Yeah, we're done on that.
Alrighty then, thanks again for joining us. If you're a uh, first-time watcher, please, please do us the, uh, the, the honour of clicking that subscribe button. Uh, finger it, if you will. <laughs> yeah, sure, go nuts. I mean, that'd be great. Speaking of, oh no, I'm not going to make a segue between the next segment and fingering. That would, abort, abort. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to bring up the story. Uh, if you don't mind putting the headline on the screen, because sure. I'm not sure that this is PG enough to read, so I might have to do a little bit of censoring. Yes, do do your best YouTube spin. Yes. So uh, the the headline reads, "Your rooster is mine." Now and by, yes, so a hacker locks internet connected chastity cage, which is similar to a chastity belt, but for a male. So if you're listening to this and you can't see the pictures, allow me to quickly describe to you what's going on here. A, a man has bought himself a chastity cage, which is a small device that goes on the flaccid penis, and there's a metal bar that reaches underneath it to somehow interconnect and lock the testicles to the flaccidity to make sure that it, could, it can't get rigid. <laughs> I, I love that. That was pretty... brilliant, by the way. <laughs> well well described, you. sir. Yes, that was pretty uh, PG of me. So to read some of this story from Vice, so thank you, Vice. This story is fantastic. A hacker took control of people's internet-connected chastity cages and demanded a ransom to be paid in Bitcoin to unlock it. <laughs> fantastic. The quote from the hacker reads, your rooster is mine now, but obviously not rooster, the other word. Uh, the hacker told one of the victims, according to a screenshot of the conversation obtained by security researcher, blah, 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 blah. Mm. In October last year, blah, blah, blah. Um, this sex toy is put around the penis to, to prevent erections that are used during BDSM communities and can be unlocked remotely. Here's the important part. So this person had given his password to someone who he uh, wanted to be intimately involved with in his own very special, unique bdsm way yeah hey hey hands up not that there's anything hey, wrong with that it's cool man if you know you know put your nuts in a device that can only be opened by someone else over the internet and you think that's cool you do you i don't know why you would but hey go nuts there's more power so uh he's given this to someone else and a hacker has got a hold of this password and said that they would have to pay him 0.02 bitcoins or around about $750 in today's money to have it unlocked or it would be locked forever because he doesn't have another password for it. And again, I don't think without the picture, you can really do justice to how snug fitting this device is around the flaccid penis and testicles. Is there other There's photos no way in this you article? Could just take an ankle grinder and try and like cut through that thing. You'd be doing yourself some real damage. There's no other photos of this thing in this article? Not in that article, but th there's many online. Oh, I mean, I can, yeah, I can look some up for you and, you know, go on a registry for sex offenders. No, thanks. Like. <laughs> but it's okay, seriously. I, I don't want to kink shame this guy or whatever. But here's the bit that I am going to say is a bit dumb, right? Go for it. If you want to put your pee-pee into a machine that keeps it flaccid and can only be released... When your partner is like, hey, it's okay now. We can have a little bit of intimate time. No dramas. Maybe don't put it on the internet. Like, you've given away everything else in your life, right? 
you've given away on Facebook or Twitter or any of those other things. You've already given away who you are, where you live. Google tracks your location all the time. Doesn't matter where you go. Hey, in Australia, the government's now tracking you on a COVID safe app. They want you registered for any restaurant or any pub that you go into. You have to put down your name, your number, what time you were there so they can track you 24-7, no matter what you're doing. For God's sake, gentlemen, don't give away the rights of your penis. <laughs> Like, it's the one bastion left of, like, the free man is your penis. Why are you just giving it away online? Here's a question for you. It's a would you okay. rather. Would you rather be this guy who got himself locked up and mm-hmm. presumably has been locked for quite a while? Or would you rather be that dude who, speaking of Bitcoin, forgot his Bitcoin password and lost, like, $250 million? Which one? Oh, that's a great, great hypothetical. You know what? I'd rather lose the money. Really? I'd rather have access to unfiltered access, unfettered access to my penis. <laughs> <laughs> like I'd rather have that than I, you know what? And I am if I'm an idiot, right? And I've lost my hard drive and forgotten my password. That's on me. Yeah. But I want access to my penis. Like that, that's a thing that I like. Like I enjoy <laughs> that. Like I, I want that 24 <laughs> seven. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Hey, speaking of of people that enjoy getting their penis out, the next topic's one for you. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, how do I put this? Your turn to be PC. Oh, I love it. Mm, okay, so here's what I'm going to say. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen, aka Borat. Very nice. Um, what happened to this man? Hmm. For some reason, Sasha Baron Cohen, a comedian, and I, I want to point that out that this this dude is a comedian. Yep. Um, and full disclosure, I really did enjoy the first Borat. It did make me laugh. I liked uh, Ali G. Um, not so much Bruno because it just it, the character sort of was done. What about the dictator? No, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I would call him more of a satirist maybe than satirist, a Satirist, but he's still a comedian. But, you know. He does it for comedic effect. He does, yes. Um, so for some reason, uh, Mr. Baron Cohen is now totally in favour of censorship. Has been for quite a while. Well, see, that quite a while thing I wasn't aware of. He, he apparently had a uh, commencement speech at some university uh, correct me if I'm wrong about this, uh, a couple of years ago or something where he basically sit there and uh, said that Facebook was not doing enough to censor anyone and that if, you know, Hitler was alive, Facebook would give him a, a Facebook page and all that sort of stuff. So that, that specific rant was very much about the censorship of people that didn't think the Holocaust was real. Right. Uh, so that's what he was talking about. And while I think his point was, I think his point came from good place. I would say this about any kind of censorship. The best way to disprove the stupidity of people's ideas is to let it out in the light and argue about it with people. Otherwise, it goes underground and you'll never be able to stop it. Well, it's funny that you bring that up. So there's Mr. Baron Cohen. Basically, uh, this tweet is not that long ago, actually. It is from uh, January 12th of this year, uh, where he's gone on and he said, virtually every social media company has removed Trump, except, capital letters, YouTube. Trump's YouTube channel is still showing videos of his election lies to millions of people. Retweet and tell Google 
Sundar Pichai, uh, who's the CEO of Google, I think. Yes, YouTube, Susan Wojcicki, who's the CEO of uh, YouTube, YouTube. To <laughs> do the right thing, hashtag ban Trump, save democracy. So in Mr. Baron Cohen's twisted mind, the way to save democracy is to restrict the rights of other people from freely expressing themselves. Now, the thing is, his... Uh, he uh, alleges here that Trump was saying election lies. That is an opinion, Mr. Baron Cohen. I'm sorry, but it is. Yeah, and you cannot censor opinion. This is one of the great problems with the, the conundrums of censoring hate speech, because there's no such thing as hate speech. There's just speech that you happen to hate. Correct. Like, that's just an opinion. Like, you cannot prove that someone is... Okay, you could prove, for example, someone was being so openly hateful that if they broke the law and incited someone directly to violence, that would be direct hate speech. But even then, it doesn't fall under a hate speech law. That falls under incitement or intimidation to violence or, you know, um, intimidation to murder or assault or all kinds of other things that are already in the law. Hate speech is neither here nor there. Hate speech is a buzzword that's made up by people who are frankly really bad at arguing their case and just want to say, I don't want to hear from you anymore, so that's hate speech. Which, you know, funnily enough, we're actually going to get to in a later thing, but you're, you're exactly right. When people cannot uh, use their own words and cannot argue their uh, place of uh their point of view uh, and they fail to do so well they'll just do what most of these people do and just throw out terms like uh, that is hate speech that is uh, racism that is this ism that is this phobe that is that phobe so what and the worst part of that right no but to, to break down to break that down really quickly sure the worst part of a lot of that is Racism does exist. Sexism does exist in certain forms. These are not things that aren't intangible. They do exist. But if you keep calling people an ism over and 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 over again, guess what? Just like me saying and over 37 times then, you get really sick of hearing it. It starts to piss you off and you just tune it out. Because you can't just go back to that well consistently. You actually have to have some meat on the bone of your ism or hate speech argument. And to just add a little cherry on top to that, and the other thing to do, the other thing that these people do is they just, like you said over and over again, they just repeat the lie until the lie becomes, for some reason, the truth in the eyes of so many people. Well, if it's, they, they just keep repeating it like you said, over and over again until it becomes uh, part of the lexicon, becomes part of the vernacular, and it becomes, unfortunately, the truth. Now, um, what I wanted to point out is there is a greater comedian who basically put our little argument here, and if you don't mind sitting here watching along with me, dude. Um, mm, not at all. He put this, I think, brilliantly. This, uh, for is people it who... Is the, the, the great Rowan Atkinson? It is the great Rowan Atkinson, uh, better he known as... both Mr. Bean and Blackadder fame? Yes. Listen to how he puts this. I think it is brilliant. Although the law under discussion has been on the statute book for over 25 years, it is indicative of a culture 
that has taken hold of the programs of successive governments, that with the reasonable and well-intentioned ambition to contain obnoxious elements in society, has created a society of an extraordinarily authoritarian and controlling nature. That is what Obviously, yell out if you ever want to just, you know, uh, add on to the uh, points I, that he's making. Hashtag nailed it. What else can I add to that? You might call the new intolerance, a new but intense desire to gag uncomfortable voices of dissent. I am not intolerant, say many people, say many softly spoken, highly educated, liberal minded people. I'm only intolerant of intolerance. <laughs> And people tend to nod sagely and say, oh, yes, wise words, wise words. And yet if you think about this supposedly inarguable statement for longer than five seconds, you realize that all it is advocating is the replacement of one kind of intolerance with another, Spot which on. to me yeah. doesn't represent any kind of progress at all. Underlying prejudices, injustices, or resentments are not addressed by arresting people. They are addressed by the issues being aired, argued and dealt with, preferably outside the legal process. For me, the best way to increase society's resistance to insulting or offensive speech is to allow a lot more of it. As with childhood diseases, you can better resist those germs to which you have been exposed. We need to build our immunity to taking offence so that we can deal with the issues that perfectly justified criticism can raise. Our priority should be to deal with the message, not the messenger. As President Obama said in an address to the United Nations only a month or so ago, laudable efforts to restrict speech can become a tool to silence critics or oppress. Well, I've got some news for you there, Rowan. I'm really sorry, dude, but his missus just went out and went full-blown censorious. Oh, what's she done? Oh, she was ban, ban Trump, ban everyone, ban conservatives. She's gone full. Maybe, uh, Barry, you need to have a chat with the missus. Minorities. <laughs> the strongest weapon against hateful speech is not repression. It is more speech. Yes. And that's the essence of my thesis, more speech. <clears throat> if we want a robust society, we need more robust dialogue, and that must include the right to insult or to offend. That is brilliantly said. I mean, just that point at the end, which I'll stick on for one moment, you absolutely have the right to offend someone because you're not offending them. They're the one taking the offense. You have committed zero crime in that act. It's all in their head. Mm. That is literally thought crimes. Offending someone and you saying, you've offended me, so you deserve censure, is a thought crime. We have moved into the land of Minority Report or 1984 or any other Orwellian novel that you'd like to bring up or half of Philip K. Dick stuff or half of, you know, good sci-fi that's ever been written. We are reaching that point. We're literally making our way towards this zenith and it's a scary place to be. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Mr. Bean all the way, though. Goddamn right, Mr. Bean. Uh, now, one thing uh, that you and I share in common, uh, my dude, uh, both of us. Yeah, this you... isn't the custody cage again, is it? No, oh, no, no, no. That's something I wanted to introduce <laughs> you to. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, you and I do share a, uh, how do I put this? Uh, uh, 
a love of WWE. Oh, an affinity for WWE. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even a closeted fan. I'm out there. I'm really proud of it. I love wrestling. I think wrestling's great. Wrestling is just theater for men. Like it's, I should actually rephrase that. It's just a soap opera for boys. That's all wrestling is. It's stupid storylines told to basically fighting ballet. (laughs) And it's fun. Like it's great fun. I love it. It's brilliant. WWE to me, and this is how I explained it to somebody who uh, mocked it relentlessly mm-hmm. and i said dude you're a fan of game of thrones wwe <laughs> is just game of thrones but live yeah. everything yeah. remains exactly the same yeah but it's genuinely just theater that's all it is i mean i've had so many people come up to me and say oh but you know wrestling's fake oh, right really and i'll turn to them and always say oh do you watch star wars or do you watch you know pick your pick whatever look yeah i love that it's like Dude, you know that's scripted, right? <gasps> oh my god, not scripted, anything but scripted. It's about, you know, just allowing yourself to get lost in the, frankly, stupidity of wrestling. Wrestling is very stupid, right? I'm the first to admit it. Oh yeah. You you have to be able to suspend disbelief on the most ridiculous levels. I mean, just a few weeks ago in wrestling, there was a wrestler named Randy Orton who literally burnt another wrestler to death in the middle of the <laughs> ring. And he will be, be he'll, that wrestler who got burnt to death, he'll come back unscathed in a couple of weeks. I don't doubt it for a moment. It's stupid. Nothing about it makes sense. And it's so much fun. And then like two weeks later, the uh, the friend of the dude who got burnt to death uh, jumped into the ring with Randy Orton, a little tiny five-foot female, by the way, and then threw a fireball at his face. And blinded him. <laughs> literally. Well, not literally, but in the storyline, blinded him. It's stupid. You're not supposed to take it all that seriously. It's just about investing yourselves in interesting characters and seeing what they do and their fight for the belt, their struggle to get to the top. And it's just silly. But it's brilliant. I love it. So the reason that we are bringing this up, and I wasn't really aware of this, even though, um, you know, being a fan of the WWE and being a fan of The Rock, because I thought he would have been advertising this on WWE programming somewhere. But um, you remember that show back in the couple of, I think it was like the early Decembers about the young Chris Rock? Oh, yeah, vaguely, yeah. Like Chris Rock, he had a he had a TV show and it was about him growing up wherever he grew up. <laughs> What's with TV at the moment just doing the young everyone? Like, they just did the young Sheldon. Mm. They did the young Chris Rock. Yeah. Like, what's the what's the fascination with going, oh, they're just doing um the Saints of Newark, which is basically the childhood story of Tony Soprano. Now, that I am looking forward to. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That, that one gets a free pass. But what I'm saying is, what's the new obsession with taking characters that we all know and love and bringing them back to their childhood? Very mm. interesting. Very interesting. Well, the... Neither of us have seen this. I actually haven't seen this, uh, but it's the trailer, the teaser trailer for Young Rock. Shall we have a watch? Oh, this is going to be great. Please show it. Here we go. Every hero has an origin story, but not a full mustache at age 15. <laughs> it's The Rock's true life story. What's your name again? Tomas. Why'd you say your name was Tomas? Because it sounds way cooler than Dwayne. From then to now. Things change just like that. When you dream big, the sky's the limit. I'll have your finest tequila. No. No. Fine, I'll have a vodka martini. No. No. Young Rock, February 16th on NBC. 
Welcome back to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Savannah, here comes the news. I don't know <laughs> it's a young Dwayne The Rock Johnson, <laughs> oh, circa 1990. Hey, Rocky! celebrates NBC's new comedy, Young Rock, which follows the wild times of Dwayne as a kid, a teen, and a college footballer. Oda, I can't wait to see what kind of trouble little DJ got into. <laughs> Hard to imagine this guy was ever little. The fanny pack alone is filled with 50,000 cubic feet of helium. Incredible. Well, uh, okay. I'm just going to say, you know, we didn't need all that rubbish at the end there. No, I mean, fair enough. Well done, NBC, for advertising your Thanksgiving parade. Yeah, I know. Fine. So what did that you think? It didn't look terrible. Yeah, it's going to be cheesy. Or they, the, the, the sitting at the restaurant saying, oh, I'll have a tequila and all that sort of stuff, that just screams cheese to me. But, hey, Look, they could pull it, it off. It's an NBC show that's going to air at, like, 9.30 on a Thursday, uh, sorry, 7.30 p.m. on a Thursday night. It's going to be there for kids, you know. It's like yeah. a family-friendly show. You, you're not exactly going to get Seinfeld out of it. No. I mean, but the the high the proper high school stuff seemed probably a lot cooler. That I think would be a more interesting. I'd like. I would be interested to hear the, you know, exaggerated stories of of the Rock during his high school years, especially because he did, like they pointed out, have a moustache and loved to run around with a bum bag on. Yeah, he's a very interesting cat. I've actually got his first um, autobiography somewhere. It's called The Rock Says, and I did read it, and it's a really interesting read because. As a bit of a wrestling nerd, he talks about growing up in, you know, he's, he's a third generation wrestler mm. in his family. And so he's grown up with all these really famous wrestlers from the 80s who he kind of considered to be uncles and cousins and whatnot. And some of the stories that they tell and get into are genuinely hilarious. So there should be some quite funny stuff in that. You know what? Six out of 10 trailer. Six out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a five just because the cheese in the restaurant and then the Macy's Day thing. Rock, if you're going to give us a teaser, mate, you should have said give it us more of the actual show. I didn't need that rubbish at the end there. Am well, I being too Now all I want to see is The Rock coming out and promoting it himself by, you know, The Rock shares his new show on Saturday or on Thursday nights on NBC, you know, just going a full Rock promo about it. Then I'd boost it up to a seven. I'd want to watch it. Well, let's be honest. As soon as the ratings start to tank... We'll see The Rock coming out. Oh, well, I think he's at the start and end of every show. So I think he bookends it. Because oh. they were filming that here in Australia. Were they? Yes. I didn't know that. So Mr. Johnson was over here filming that very TV show, I do believe, on the Gold Coast. Although I might be mistaken about the location, but it was definitely here. Yeah, well, I do know that he did film a uh, movie on the Gold Coast um, back in the early... Not the early, yeah, uh, 2013, 14, uh, an earthquake movie or something like that, which was, which was oh, San, really San Andreas. San oh, that Andreas. was a dreadful film. Yes. But you know to be what? fair, I mean, I, I love The Rock, but I could count his good movies on a quarter of a finger. What, the, uh, the Scorpion King? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only for the great CGI that hasn't dated at all. Ugh. Why did they do that? That looked dated when they made it. Why would you even bother making that? 
Like, just throw him in prosthetics. He was huge. He already looked like a giant. You didn't even need to do much. Just put, like, a scorpion hook on his head and have him running around going, me, like, with, with like, little clamps on his hands. Going, like, me get you, Brendan Fraser. Would have been hilarious. But he didn't even need to come out as that weird hybrid. He could have just come out as the rock and then just, yeah, like, I mean. booted everyone around the joint and, you know, rock bottom Brendan Fraser at one point and then everyone would have cheered. Man, it looks like a PS cutscene now. Oh, I bet it, I remember at the time seeing it at the cinema and my friend and I just looking at each other going, do you think they didn't finish rendering that? Like, did they run out of time? <laughs> like, that looks appalling. I'll tell you what, we should actually do one day. Here's a little, if people are interested in this, feel free to leave a comment. What we should do one day is I'll find some old movies. I've already got one in my head that I desperately want to watch and just comment on mm. called Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, have you ever seen or heard of this film? I have heard of it and it's got, um, what's his name, doesn't it? Oh, what's his name? Keanu Reeves? It does have Keanu Reeves in it and it's a dystopian cyberpunk film. Oh my God. I, I, I would pay money to see this thing again on, in the cinema. It's just one of the worst films I remember ever seeing as a kid. So it kind of got better now that I'm older. And I just want to review it just for posterity because the, the effects in it are terrible. The script is awful. Everything about it is just going to suck. And I would love to just do a full review of it. It'd be so much fun. So tune in for the fun. <laughs> yeah, if you want that. I mean, if you don't, yeah, whatever. I'll just cry in the corner because we're done here. All right, have we? Oh, okay, good. Yeah, we've smelled what The Rock is cooking. He has dealt it and we did smelt it. Indeed. All right. Well, um, we're going to get into a bit more serious topic right now. Um, just before we do get into that, just wanted to say thanks again for joining us. Uh, if you could give us a subscribe because we're really trying to boost our subscriber numbers. And uh, we got a whole bunch of other little videos there from our previous podcast that you could check out as well. Yeah, we cut them into little bite-sized pieces for you. So if you don't want to hear the whole thing, you can go and pick your favourite or the bit that you really hated and have a listen to that. Choose your own adventure, if you will. Indeed. Although they all have the same ending. Yeah. You subscribing. Correct. Now, <laughs> uh, what I wanted to get into is um, CNN's amazing comedy duo, Fredo Cuomo and Dumb Lemon, uh, are really at it again. <laughs> Those are some great names. Did you make those up yourself? I, I mean, make... I know you didn't do Frodo. Frodo, you know, he did himself. But uh, Dumb Lemon, yeah, he did that. I mean, once you listen to uh, his ranting, <laughs> you'll see why, okay? you know. I... I have not heard this yet, so I'm looking forward to whatever level of stupid this comes in on the out of 10 scale. So just um, for those who are listening, I'm about to play you a clip from CNN Live. Featuring Dumb Lemon and uh, Fredo Cuomo. Give this any more context in terms of are they talking about the Capitol Hill? What are they talking about here? Okay, so the uh, caption here reads because somebody else clipped this for me already, so thank you very much. Uh, CNN's Dumb Lemon. If you voted for Trump, you're with the Klan, as in the KKK, and the Capitol mm. Hill writers. But let let's just let him dig his own hole. Mm -hmm. Now what you hear is. Well, you can't say that everybody who voted for Trump is like the people who went into the Capitol. Response. Uh, just before I get that, once again, uh, Garfield, my dude, yell out stop if you want to uh, uh, jump in and 
Yeah. So that was Cuomo asking that question. I assume he's playing some sort of devil's advocate to Dumb Lemon's response that is about to come up. Correct. Here we go. You can't say that. What? Everybody's like... Everybody who voted <laughs> for ex- Trump is I, like them. No, I just explained to you. If, you. if if you are on that side, you need to think about the side you're on. I'm never on the side of the Klan. Me either. I'm never... Principal yeah. people, conservative or liberal, never on the Klan side. Correct. Principal people, yeah, conservative right. or liberal, never on the Nazi side. Great. Correct. C- correct. Yeah, yeah. So far, he's not being done. But, you know. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. We'll allow him. Yeah. Principal people who are conservative or liberal, never on the side, that treats their, their fellow Americans as less than, that says that your fellow Americans should not exist, that says your, that says your fellow... Ooh. Well, slow down there, dumb, because I think I've just picked up on a little problem with what you've just said. Oh, he, he, there's that Simpson the meme, dig limit. up, stupid. He's he's still <laughs> he's still digging downwards. What the hell? Okay, so while I agree with him in principle that no conservative or liberal who is you know right-minded and principled would ever say like. I, we're going to run down members of society just for not agreeing with us. Yes. I completely agree with that. But as he's been on record doing it many a time, I think all we could say in response to that is, Mr. Lemon, you are not a principled liberal, sir. Of course not. Okay, well then please continue. Here we go. Americans should be in a concentration camp or that what? sides with slavery. Yeah, well, well, well. Let's rewind a little bit because I missed something there. Yeah. Holy crap. We what? missed something there. Let's take it back a bit and see what he says. Treats yeah. their, their fellow Americans as less than. That says yeah. that your fellow Americans should not exist. That says, your, that says your fellow Americans should be in a concentration camp or that sides with slavery, or sides with any sort of bigotry. Right, and if they say, I don't agree with those people, I just like Trump's policy. Well, then get out of the crowd with him. Get out of the crowd with him. I wasn't in the crowd, I just voted for Trump. You're in the crowd who voted for Trump. If you voted for Trump, you voted for the person who the Klan supported. You voted for the person who Nazis support. You voted for the person who the alt-right supports. That's the crowd that you are in. You voted for the person who incited a crowd Lie. to go into the Capitol Lie. And, and potentially take the lives of lawmakers, took the lives of police officers, Lie. took the lives of innocent lives who were there on the Capitol that day. You voted on that side, and the people in Washington are continuing to vote on that side. What, what is the... What fantasia is he living in? Okay, for well, starters, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's yes, break go. this down for a moment, right? Go. Okay, we can all agree. KKK, bad. Nazis, bad. Yes. Cool, right? Who in America is putting Americans into concentration camps? Where are the actual American Nazis? I, I can't see any. Are there any Americans enslaving people at the moment? I, I can't think of one. If you can think of one for me, Mr. Lemon, I'd love to hear about them so we could throw him into jail. What is this bizarre? Like, what logical leap did he just dive off? It's like he started off sensible enough and he was walking along and then he just fell off a cliff into Stupidville. What the hell? Well, let's, let's now break down everything that he, he just said. Right, and let's start sure. with concentration camps because I will uh, play their um, 
game here. Uh, it was AOC who said that down on the border there were concentration mm-hmm. camps. Her yes. rhetoric led to one of those camps being firebombed. Yes, correct. So it also actually led to a uh, camp up in Seattle being uh, being firebombed when an Antifa member said, "F your optics, I'm going in." And he went in there and tried to blow the place up before he was um, put out of his misery, as mm. it were. But continuing along the lines of the concentration camps, and uh, dumb, I'm going to play your game here. And I know it's a meme from Trump already. Who built the cages, dumb? Who, yeah, that who? was Barack Obama. Okay, so if who we're talking about cages? concentration camps, then you're for the concentration camps there, dumb. Not if only you, that. You the Democrats, yes. If anyone is able to do the most simplistic amount of Google searching, uh, you would be well aware that there are currently concentration camps happening in the world, and they're happening mm. over in um, in China at the moment. The Vega, the I think it's pronounced Uyghur. Uyghur Muslims. Yes. So yes, they are obviously being rounded up. If you're unaware of this. They're being rounded up amongst mainland China and being put into concentration camps. And um, as the communists used to call it, being re-educated before they're allowed back into wider society to forget about some of their more, let's call them unique beliefs of religion and being allowed to reassimilate with their maybe or maybe not lobotomized brains. So, dumb. The question is: uh, If you voted for Beijing Biden, and he's on record saying that the better relationship that we have with Beijing and China, uh, the better it is. So, you voted for that. So, you're in favour, therefore, of concentration camps. And those people in there are also basically being used as slave labour, as well. Well, there you go. And I mean, hey, there's slaves being sold at the moment in the Middle East. No, but I'm I'm trying to use his logic here against us because Joe is yeah. all about China and he's gonna he's gonna be doing better deals with China and all that sort of stuff. So he you're is the party enabling of Beijing, it. yes. Okay. The Democrats are another party of Beijing and he's he is their all father, he is their leader. Yes. Now uh the other thing that he brought up there is the alt right and white supremacists. Uh Dumb, who is the current CNN contributor who is basically the leader of the alt-right and uh, is a white nationalist, self-described, who basically went out saying that he is on Team Joe, uh, Mr. Richard Spencer. That's correct, who they used to call the leader of the alt-right, the Mm. leader of the Nazi, who is, of course, platformed by CNN. That's what they I said. They are happy CNN to put him on there as long as he is spouting that it's all about Joe now. As long as you know, dementia Joe is the way to go. Holy crap, that's great! Dementia Joe is the way to go, <laughs> says Richard Spencer, white supremacist, backed by not just CNN, not just by Dumb Lemon, but also apparently, according to Dumb's logic, anyone who voted Democrat, because apparently we can't make a distinction anymore between individuals. Everyone's going to be lumped into a category, and whatever category we decide you're in, you have to agree with everyone else in that category. Holy crap. This goes back to what I was saying at the start of this podcast. Yes. Stop judging books just by their covers. It doesn't matter. Like, can we at least talk to someone about why they voted for Trump or why they don't like Trump or why they voted Democrat, but why certain Democrats are clearly lunatics. 
there is some nuance in all of these arguments. And wouldn't it be nice for once if we didn't have idiots like this moron coming out and going, if you voted for Trump, then you have to vote for the KKK because you're one of them now. Idiocy. So stupid. 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 <laughs> oh. Thank you, Randy. And his last point here, <laughs> you're with the Klan yeah. and the Capitol Hill writers. Oh, really? So let's just cast our minds back, shall we? Mm. Uh, this great, we don't have to go very far. This great piece of footage that was brought to us by Kyle Kashub would be a shame in this video of leftists destroying DC during Trump's 2017 inauguration went viral. Let's just have a, have a quick little watching, shall we? On what happened watch out, watch out. Hey, during please. Trump's inauguration. You're with these people, dumb. Remember that. This is your logic. Going by your logic, dumb lemon. I apologise for all the loud noises, but um, probably should describe here for the people who are listening. Uh, what yeah, is so happening is black block. wandering around in um, some kind of mask, smashing windows, yeah, throwing bricks through windows. I saw there at one stage. What else could you see going on there, Madigan? Well, I mean, let's be honest. It's black block Antifa running around, yes. causing a massive, massive amount of damage. Let's see what else they're up to. People running through the streets scared. Oh, there we go. Some loud bangs. Oh, got to get the McDonald's. <laughs> there's a, there's a, what's that? What's that? There's a poor old man. Oh, a man who's been injured on the back of his head. He's bleeding quite profusely. He looks like he's well into his 60s. Yeah. You're with this dumb lemon. Remember that. This is what you voted for. Yeah. Come on, find him over. More chaos. Cars all over the streets, people running into them. People pushing. Yeah, that'll do. Um, so I just wanted to point that out because... Uh, you know what? I, totally, I understand completely where you're coming from. And the stupidity is, right? No one should be saying that, including us. We're, t we're clearly taking the piss out of Don Lemon, right? Of course. And I get why we're doing it because he started such a stupid point that it would actually be even dumber of us not to point out the hypocrisy while being hypocritical, but we're clearly doing it in a satirical way. No one, under any circumstances, should be walking up to someone and saying, if you voted for the Democrats, then clearly you voted for Black Lives Matter and all the riots. Because there's a very good chance, guess what, they didn't. The same logic applies to a Trump supporter. If you walk up to them and say, you voted for Donald Trump, so therefore you must be all up for the riots of the KKK, there's an insanely good chance they're not. That's not how this works actually start talking to people about their political positions and we might actually see a simmering down of what's going on in the world at the moment. But see, here's the thing though. Um, we've already seen that they are trying to deliberately shut other people down from uh, combating Dumb Lemon's ridiculous rhetoric there. And he is the one that is on a mainstream uh, media and is seen as the author uh, authoritative voice he's the one yeah. that everyone's going out there well this is this is the the the, the rational uh yeah, the power to be are saying this is the guy that we aspire to look at and say his opinion is the correct opinion and if you dare dare speak up against that sort of idiotic noise they're the ones who are banning you 
They're the ones saying, shut that guy down. Don't you dare let him, don't you dare let them uh, criticise our ridiculous rhetoric. This is going, this is also harping back to what Mr. Bean said. I, I want <laughs> I, Atkinson, yeah. I want I want dumb lemon to be able to say these things and I want it to be out there but we should have the right of a reply but you're not allowing us that right of reply you are taking that away from us and you're beating us over the head calling us the ones who are you know the isms and the phobes it's ridiculous you know the scariest thing right what is if you put me in an argument between dumb lemon and Mr. Bean, the actual Mr. Bean character, because Mr. Bean only really says about three words, which is hello and uh, Bean. Yeah. He'd still win the argument. <laughs> we done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> oh, look at that. I think we got it. I think we got some time to have one, one little uh, last play around. Oh, you want a cheeky little story? Sure. Go for it. Okay. So let me tell you a little story. This is just some something that happened to me this week on a Wednesday night. I uh, decided to go out for a cheeky beverage mm. with a friend of mine because he starts work today, actually. On the Monday, he went back to work. Nice. And so it was his last week off. So we decided, oh, we'll have a cheeky little beverage. Whereabouts so did we you go? So we went out, you know, had a drink. We started talking to some randoms, which is my want to do. I do love talking to strangers. You do so love to do, uh, start uh, randomly chatting up strangers. And I don't mean chatting up in the sense that you're trying to pick them up. You just love to, you know, chat up to strangers. Yeah, I love talking to strangers. Often for me, the weirder the better. You know, you've been out with me many a times where I'll just start having conversations with people. And the next thing you know, I'm either in the middle of an argument or, you know, they're sitting at the table and we're having a jolly old time. I never know where it's going to go, but often it's a lot of fun. I do enjoy seeing the reactions uh, because it does either go one of those two ways. It either goes to jolly old time or argument, and I just sit back and wait and say, all right, what, what, what have I got to do this time? <laughs> I either get to enjoy myself or, uh, or start defending. <laughs> yeah, but often the arguments for me are some of the most fun. Oh, they are. Where I just get to sit there and take some kind of devil's advocate position and go, really, is that what you think? Well, in that case, blank. But anyway, I digress. So yes. I met a, a lovely uh, young, I wouldn't call them a couple. They were friends. So they weren't together in any kind of sexual relationship way. They were just friends with each other. And they were from South America. Okay. And so I was chatting to them. They were really nice, like fantastic people. So anyway, I was talking to the lady. So one was a boy and one was a girl. Right. And so I was talking to the lady and she was very attractive. She had that kind of sultry, she was from Chile. And she had a very kind of sultry, long, dark hair with, you know, the tan skin and the beautiful curved body. And I thought, yeah, this is all right. This, I could, uh, I could go this. I'm imagining this Sophia Vergara in my mind. That's actually not that far off. Right. Or like oh. a, a mix between um, Vergara and Camila Cabello. Oh, continue. Yeah. So she was about five foot six as well. So perfect height. Not that that matters to anyone else, but to me, that's an important detail. So I was chatting to her for a while and I, you know, she was bringing up things and, you know, we were sitting next to each other and she was doing a lot of hand touching. And I thought, oh, you know what? This is going pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> so she said, hey, how am I going to keep in touch with you? And she said, do you have Instagram? Do you have this? Do you have that? And I was like, nah, you know what? I can't be bothered with any of these things. Should apply you know, to the podcast. 
yeah, yeah, well, I should have just given it the podcast and listened to this. <laughs> that would have gone down well, I'm sure. So eventually she was like, okay, well, how can I contact you again? And I was like, eh, just call me. So anyway, I was going to give her my number. And so I mentioned to her in passing, like, oh, so what are you doing later tonight? And she said, oh, I'm just going to go home. I went, okay, that's cool. No dramas. Hey, do you want another drink then? And she's like, actually, I'd love another drink. And the friend was there and he said, I'd love one as well. I said, no dramas. I'm just going to go to the bathroom really quickly. Then I'll grab you guys some drinks. We'll have a drink, you know, exchange numbers, be on our merry ways. Everyone's happy. I go to the bathroom. I walk out of the bathroom. I buy two gin and tonics and I buy myself a pint of new because I'm a classy individual, damn it. (laughs) And the bartender turned to me and says, why do you want two gin and tonics? And I went, for my friends. And she said to me, no, your friends have gone. Oh, and I and I looked across, and they had left. Right, they had just ghosted me. Why? I I don't know. I she took your number. I thought you know maybe you could have gotten in touch with her and say, "Oi, what's with the disappearance?" This was the problem. I was going to give the number on the way back, but because I didn't give the Instagram or whatever, I think that scared her off in some weird way. I don't know why. I don't know how young people work nowadays. Them and their phone devices and their social medias. Mm. So she uh, she ghosted, but it got me thinking. Right after that story, it actually got me thinking. What's the worst date I ever went on? Yeah. And it comes back to a problem of ghosting. So allow me to tell you a story. Please do. So a few years ago, when I was still working in radio, I met a lovely young lady. She'd just flown back from London. She was originally from Melbourne. She was a huge Collingwood fan. Now, if you don't know, uh, if you're from overseas or something, Collingwood is an Australian rules football team. Probably the biggest, I I imagine the biggest in the country. It is the most popular. popular. It yeah, is the popular. most popular um, code of sport, without a doubt. And that's said through gritted teeth as an NRL fan. <laughs> so Australian, uh, it's called AFL or Australian Rules or Aussie Rules. Aussie so Rules. So she's a huge St Kilda fan. And so I thought, ah, oh, you know what would, would be suave and dapper of me? She's just come back from the UK. I'll get us box seats. Go and watch St Kilda versus the Sydney Swans at the SCG. Right, what a boss move for a first date. So I've set all this up. I've invited her along. She's going, Oh my God, that sounds fantastic. Awesome. So we go along. I accidentally walk into the wrong box. I walked in the Qantas box and sat down and we started eating all their food and drinking all their beer <laughs> before I was kicked out, but that's neither here nor there. At least you got a couple in though. Yeah, yeah. Before genuinely, someone walked over and went, Do you work here? And I went, Yeah, of course I do. Who are you? <laughs> and they just walked off and left us alone for about 45 minutes before eventually someone from security came in and went, Can I look at your ticket? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, sure thing, buddy. And they kicked us out. It to be brutally honest, it was an honest mistake. I didn't realize I'd gone to the wrong box. Nice. Anyway, so we continued down into the correct box, sat down, kept drinking. We were having a great old time. As is the want of, you know, certain members of the female species. She was more into recording parts of the game and then, you know, Snapchatting it to her friends and stuff or filming herself in a box going free wine or whatever. But that's cool. Like, as long as she's enjoying the experience. You do you, sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Right. So anyway, 
the game's kind of wrapping up. And as I was just talking about, I love talking to randoms, people that I don't know. I love just having conversations with. And there were two uh, people sitting in front of me, both female. They were very sweet, very pleasant. And one of them said, hey, it's actually my um, hen's night. Right. Would you two like to come talking to me and my date? Right. Now, I dove in immediately because it's a hen's night and I am a male. Strength <laughs> so in numbers. I said, oh. Yeah, so I said, no, you know what? You guys go and have fun. I'm sure we'll be fine. Whereas my date immediately jumped in with, yeah, sure, I'll go. Oh, dear. Not a good sign. So I kind of looked at her and I went, really? You... Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, that sounds fun. And so I waited for her to say something like, you should come too. And I waited. And I waited. I thought, huh, okay, that's interesting. She's going to bail on this date to go with two complete strangers to a hen's night. This has not gone as well as I thought in my mind this was going. Definitely not. So here's the worst bit. After what I consider a pretty brutal ghosting, she goes to the hen's night, and because we were in box seats, these people sitting in front of us knew all the Swans players. And the Swans players went along to the hen's night. Oh. And my date hooked up with and subsequently got into a relationship with one of the Swans players. Oof, brutal So not dude. only, not only on my own date did I kind of get stood up at the end of it, like ghosted out of it, but... I made my own demise happen by taking her somewhere where she got in a relationship with someone even more famous than me because I took her somewhere through my fame. Ouch. Do you at least know which one player it was? I do, but I, I can't say it. <laughs> Brutal, dude. That yeah, sucks. He, and trust me, very, very fit and actually a very nice man. But um, yeah, <laughs> my heart broke a little bit. Oh, dude, I mean, especially when you see it play out in front of you like that, where, oh. you know, it starts out well and then, you know, every bloke's already insecure about, you know, different things about himself. And then to see, you know, a bloody football player just come in and go, yep, I'm going to jump straight in there and uh, <laughs> jump all over your your uh, prospects that you yeah. thought you might have. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, on the bright side, because I'd already left and I didn't go to the hen's night, I didn't see the actual transference of, you know, her as a person being single to her being with him on the night. Yeah, so I didn't have to see that go down in front of me. Thank God. But I was still the next day when I got told, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Oh, that is brutal. Yeah, the images so, were yeah. running through your head though. Pardon, say that again. But the images were running through your head. Oh, dude, 100%. I know what this guy's like, and he's like six foot three. I don't even want to know what kind of damage was done to that poor girl. <laughs> See, mine's not as bad as that. Oh, is this um, your worst date story ever? Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, I don't date much because I find it an absolute punish. Yeah, dating sucks. Oh, God, I hate it. Um, mine is more of a George Costanza type scenario. <laughs> where it just annoyed the hell out of me. Um, so just me on the daily. Yeah, continue. <laughs> so what happened was I uh, matched with somebody on one of the dating apps and, you know, I was like, all right, I've got to get this done. So I said, all right, do you want to meet me for a drink at some, 
you know, pub in, in Melbourne. <laughs> You've got to get this done. Brilliantly <laughs> phrased. Yep. Continue. Again, dating's a punish. It is. Um, so I said, oh, do you want to meet me at this pub uh, in Melbourne? Had a cool name and had a really cool rooftop view and all that sort of stuff. Nice. So, you know, first of all, the date starts well because, number one, she shows up. I was like, all right, well, there's a bonus. Yep. Um, so we get to chat and I said, you know, would you like a drink? And she obviously said, yes, of course, I'd like a drink. So I said, all right, I'll be right back, get you a drink. Got the so drink. So far, buddy, this, this is you hitting this out of the ballpark. So far, so good. Conversation continues. The drinks finish. I sort of let the conversation continue for a little bit. I was like, all right, would you like another drink? Yes, so of course I would like another drink. Mm-hmm. Cool. Ran, got the next set of drinks, brought them back. Conversation continues. Mm-hmm. The drinks finish. So I sort of paused a little bit longer this time and, and, mm-hmm. and waited. As if to intimate, would you like to have a go at this? Right? Because you know me. I'm all about equality. Yeah, totally. No, off, I no offer was made. I'm like, okay, yeah. and I'm... I'm thirsty now and I'm starting to get yep. nervous, so I, I need to drink more alcohol. Yep. So once again, went out, grabbed another set of drinks. The offer was made. The offer was uh, accepted. Went and got the next set of drinks. Came back. Once again, okay. they were drunk. <laughs> the conversation <sighs> continued. The time elapsed even further. We're up to round four here. Dude, it got to, I think, probably round six or seven. Right. And the pauses in between got longer and longer. I, I bet they did. And there was no offer of, you know, recompense here. Well, this is what I was saying that I was about, George. The thing is, I'm actually fine with paying for the drinks all night. Yep. But I'm just after the offer. Make a reach for it. Oh, Stand up you. to you say, just, I'll go. Yeah, you want the politeness of the offer. You don't need them to be paid for. You just want to, oh, like, should I go up? And then you get to be the gentleman and say, no, it's totally fine. I'll go up again. And you look like a hero. Exactly. And you know what? I probably would have done that up until probably, you know, round seven where I said, all right, you can go get some toots. <laughs> I hope you used that exact language. <laughs> well, I was the one buying the drinks all night. So, no, I didn't. So no. I think after round yeah. eight, I said, all right, I got to go. Yeah, fair enough. I would have bailed on that as well. Have you ever done like just the mid-drink bail? Not on a date. I've done it, uh, you know, out many, many a times. Oh, no, I love it on a date just doing a mid-drink bail, right? All so right. here's the secret of the mid-drink bail. So what you do is you buy them around, right? You walk back over because you're already bored anyway and you know it's not going to go anywhere. Right. But this is the beauty of the half-drink bail. So you make sure that you get yourself halfway through, right? Mm. So it looks like you're having a good time. It doesn't really matter how much she's drunk as long as she is at or above halfway. Right. And then you just turn to them and you go, well, see you later. You finish the half of your drink and before they even know what's happening, you're out the door. Right. And they, what's the reaction? Come back to that. And what are a the woman's reactions? not going to scull the drink and follow you. And she's not going to leave the drink. So you're done. You're out. You, you're free. So this is this is your answer to a bad... this. So just so I've got this right in my mind, this is a bad date exit yeah. strategy. This is not a, hey, let's play a little game and see if I can get it. No, no, no. Me. This is a bad date exit strategy. <laughs> this is what I call the mid-drink bail. And it's perfect because it seems like on the outside to them, everything's going well. 
because you've offered to buy them a drink. You've come back with a drink. You've got halfway through the drink while having conversation. And then you pull the rug because instead of it being a mid drink, now there's no drink and you get to leave. And they're there with their mid drink. And now they don't know what to think with their mid drink. But you're gone. You're out. I'm if it ever happens again and then I go on a date and it's going horribly, I shall use this tactic. Lesson learned. It is a great tactic. Are we done? Learn learn from the best. Learn from the best. Are we done? Yeah, yeah, we're done. So is she. Alrighty, well, if you can believe it or not, I think that is podcast number two. Uh in the bag. In the bag, baby. In the bag. So what we'd love for you to do is, you know, I, I, look, I do apologize that we're doing this quite a bit throughout the podcast, but, you know, you know, we, we're wanting to build our audience and please leave a comment as well. You know, on the first podcast, uh, sorry, the introduction to us, you know, a couple of little comments that were made here and there that we, you know, would love to, anything that we say, if we've said something wrong, please leave a comment as well. Hit that subscribe button. Hit it with your finger. Um what we are trying to do at the end of every podcast as well is what we're going to be calling a viewer media boost. Um, this is not necessarily for people who need the attention as such uh, because they've got way, <laughs> This particular way, podcast definitely does not. <laughs> way more subscribers and way more interactions and way more, you call it what you want than we do. This is more of a... Um, uh, a, a, a karma type thing that we want to put out there. Uh, you show of appreciation. If you're already here and listening to us, you know you're probably already delving into alternative voices and alternative media. Um, but sometimes, if you are a listener, you may not have heard of the people that you know that we're we're boosting here. Uh, so, in that case, if you haven't heard of this gentleman, his name is Tim Pool. Uh, he is what journalists should be he's a reluctant journalist definitely what they used to be yeah he's almost a reluctant journalist but if you want to see one man on his own basically deconstruct all the lies that are presented to you from and i hate using this cliche but the mainstream media uh if you're in australia things from like news.com.au uh you know, Channel 7s, Channel 10s, Channel 9s, but in he more focuses obviously on the US, but he will sit there and he will just absolutely dissect and point out where the lie is and why they're lying as well. He does it brilliantly. But he also does it in a very um, apolitical fashion. Yeah. He doesn't do it with a certain political bias. He just does it in a way that says, hey, I think, you know, what they're talking about here is correct and what they're saying here is incorrect and here's why. He doesn't often, although he will occasionally, but he doesn't often bring a political focus to what he's talking about unless it's very much the story is of politics. Then obviously he'll be talking about it, but otherwise he just leaves it alone. And, you know, to be um, completely upfront, he will say that he is what he considers himself a classical lefty or a classical liberal um but again like you just pointed out he won't let that interfere he'll still just sit there and go here's what they're saying here's what the truth is so uh one of the things i think you garfield my dude you introduced me to tim and i just basically fell straight into uh you know the whirlpool of just watching him deconstruct the lies and it's it's honestly eye-opening when you watch his stuff 
how much you are being lied to. It's He's fantastic. Scary. So I stumbled across him in 2018 and just started watching the occasional Tim cast of his, which is what it's called, and thought, gee, this guy is interesting. He's got some really good points. And then the more I listened to him and the more I read some of the stuff that he was referencing and getting into it, I thought, this guy's got an interesting finger on the pulse that I'm not seeing anywhere else. And he's continued to do so over the last three years. And he's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant to listen to. So kudos, Tim. Keep up the good work. All right. So that is it. That is the uh, Buell Media Podcast number two, done and dusted for now. Uh, Thank you very, very much for joining us. Thank you indeed. And please, as we've been saying this whole time, hit the like button for us. We'd really appreciate it. The subscribe button as well, if you'd like to hear more of our content coming up. And uh, we will be back this time next week. So can we say for the final time this podcast, are we done? Yeah, we're done.